0: Blooming out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ+ news and public affairs show featuring music, events and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is blooming out. are not Thank you for tuning in, or streaming or downloading Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Melanie Davis.
1: And I'm Ireland Meacham.
0: And there's no, Justin. Hi. <laughs> no, Justin, <laughs> no <but> Justin.
1: hi. No, Justin.
0: But hi. It's, it's Justin us. No, Justin, it- <laughs> en- Justin, just enough. Just, he's here somehow. Justin is working his butt off again. Didn't ask us, but whatever. Um, uh, we
1: miss you, Justin.
0: Yes, very much. Uh, I'd love to hear your take on a few of these stories today and people are just gonna have to suffer through you know just us (laughs) just us (laughs) uh how was your week how did the planning and stuff go how's how's everything going
1: things are good uh we did some pre-recording um for the live stream of the queer liberation march um which is gonna happen on june 27th so all you indiana queers can check it out um Pride Sunday in June And it'll be streaming on A bunch of social media platforms And everything And um, it'll be really, really cool We got to interview some really, really cool people Community leaders, um, organizers Activists uh, That was really awesome To, yeah, to do And I got to meet some of the volunteers I work with In person for the first time Which was insane and really, really fun Um, I even got to hug someone So I was very psyched about that (laughs)
0: that's awesome so like yeah it, things are are getting uh in person they're, they're getting personal they're getting together that's great how how confident are you i mean you're obviously hugging people that um has it opened up for you like just life in general
1: yeah for me i mean i feel i i had the um the the sincere pleasure of get of Contracting COVID, uh, after my first dose of the vaccine. So that was annoying, but now I feel like I'm double immune almost. (laughs) I just feel like I have a little extra. I mean, I got the second dose, you know, I was, it was a really mild case. It was over in 10 days. And like after the second dose, I didn't have any symptoms other than a little bit of snort, of soreness, (laughs) soreness. Uh, so I don't know. It just felt really good. And I, you know, I feel comfortable, you know, without a mask, especially after um, CDC guidelines. But we we still kept our masks on and everything for most of it. But yeah. it was nice to be able to because we were doing the interviews in person to like have the interviewee and the uh, person and me and another volunteer were switching off asking questions. But whoever was talking got to take their mask off, too, so we could like actually have a conversation with the person. Uh-huh. And it just is so nice to see the lower <laughs> half of people's faces again. <laughs>
0: Um, I tried, uh, taking my mask off and there's, I've been going to do some later shopping. Um, and I was, I was just huffing and puffing from hiking in from the, the parking lot. So I was like, I'm vaccinated. My two weeks are over. I could take off my mask and maybe I can, you know, just breathe easy and go shopping. And that lasted like literally two minutes and I felt so just like wrong i was like yeah. oh no 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 i'm putting it back on i'm and it wasn't like i was afraid of like catching something it was just it felt like it wasn't doing the right thing you know yeah that's it
1: it feels unless you are 100 percent sure that everyone in the room is vaccinated it feels kind of weird to to have your mask off still yeah because they're you know just it's just consideration for other people who might not have gotten vaccinated. Yeah. For whatever reason, or, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I had a moment <laughs> like a couple weekends ago, I, I was at a bar with a friend and I like went up to get a drink and forgot my mask at the table. And I was already out up at the bar ordering a drink. I was like, oh my God, I don't have my mask on. <laughs> I was like so embarrassed and like, it felt so bad, but like the bartender was totally chill about it and like Aww. probably assumed I was vaccinated and everything. But and like didn't comment on it or anything, but I felt I got back to the table. I told my friend, I was like, I am so embarrassed. I cannot believe I did that after a year and a half of constantly wearing a mask. And I like, I don't know how that happens. (laughs) Just get too comfortable.
0: Well, I, I think everybody's getting to the point where, um, we want to hear the news that it's okay. You know, and the CDC came out and said, yeah, it's okay. And then they were like, yeah, uh, scratch that. And, um, and I think people are just, like, confused. But um most of the people I know are wearing masks regardless, even if they've been fully vaccinated. Um, yeah. Kat went in to get her first shot on Saturday. And, Yay! And, of course, the line is, like, nobody's distancing. It was, we were all right up on top of each other. And it was mostly, like, parents bringing their kids in uh, to get vaccinated. And it was at the auditorium, right? And so there's just hundreds of people and the line went quickly and everything was smooth it was a really great experience but when we pulled up uh, or when I pulled up earlier to see if they were open and see if they accepted walk-ins, there were people sprinting up to the line they were running uphill to get to the line and I was like, what is this? you know, what what is this yeah. uh, <laughs> phenomenon? because this is just nuts uh, but they were all They were all really excited and everybody in line was really jovial except for a few people who came up and they were like, is this the line for the people who made reservations too? It's like, yeah, (laughs) it's for everybody. They're like, oh, (laughs) like, I know I made reservations myself. I called right before we got here, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, it's walk up. And then there's another walk up clinic behind uh, the hospital uh, here on first street. So, you know, there's, there's like no waiting. You just, go and you get it taken care of so about mid-june everybody in the house will be covered and then we'll be able to go out and have those caligulan get-togethers again right yeah no 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 caligula (laughs)
1: just
0: just say no to caligula just say no
1: folks
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i was sick this week so that was some days of ooh, i forgot that you can catch something from somebody else that isn't COVID. I yeah. was <laughs> thoroughly surprised. I was like, wait a second, what is this? This feels like a stomach bug or something like that. But, oh, oh, honk. And we're pretty much distanced in the house, Cat Kat and, <laughs> and my mom are okay. Yeah. But I was just like, I, I caught this from somebody else. This is so strange because... Like, even my brothers are, are fascinated by the fact that, like, nobody's gotten the flu. They've got 30 or 40 kids each. And, um, and, you know, nobody in the house has caught the flu. And they're like, well,
1: yeah, what's this? That like, is well, the really yeah. nice thing about everyone wearing masks is that, yeah, I haven't had a cold in over a year. Well, you're year coming back half. here, right? I mean, the entire pandemic, like, I've not gotten sick. I am. Yeah.
0: We'll get you sick. It's okay. On the
1: twi- next Wednesday. So a week from today, I'm coming back yeah. to Indiana.
0: Awesome. We'll and I'll find sick. somebody <laughs> and we'll give you a cold. <laughs> oh, God. No, that's really exciting, too. So we need to get the tickets boughted for, for weekends at, um, the back door. That will be, yes. speaking of debauched funnery. So, woo. <laughs> Oh, what else? Should we get into the news? We got a lot of news. There's a lot of small items, a couple sure. of bigger ones. And let's see about, we could start off on something light and entertaining, right? Um, yeah. Let's go back to a few years ago and George Michael passed away tragically. We were just talking about him. Uh, some friends and I were just talking about George Michael and the good old days of, of pop music and uh, our favorite queer artists. And of course he comes up, right? And, um, there was the whole row, um, because Kenny Goss, who's his partner, was suing for some part of his estate. I mean, they were, they were partners. Yeah. But the trustees of the estate said that he wasn't uh, going to get any money. Um, and he was initially asking for payments of 15,000 pounds per month. Because, you know, George Michael had been supporting him. He was including after they had split up. Um, but, you know, that still happens. That was an agreement they came up with. And they said, yeah, no, we're not going to continue that. But uh, after some legal wrangling and some application, new application of an old law, uh, which is the Provisions for Family Independence Act of 1975, they updated it and it says that uh, those who are financially dependent on someone uh, can claim from their estate, even if they are left out of a will. And he was, and he did, and he got it. But, yeah, good. And you know, there are people calling you, him all sorts of things. But go ahead. Sorry. N- well, I,
1: you know, you just wish that you didn't have to hear stories like this of of people still being disrespected and like just just queer relationships not being taken as seriously. Or valued, you know, in the same way as straight relationships, mm-hmm. and like that, you know, it would it would be no question if it was if it was a woman or even like a like a a female mistress or something, you know, like that's like I feel like common and yeah, but if it's a gay partner, it's a whole other conversation for some reason.
0: Exactly. It's like, come on, really? <laughs> and regardless of how you feel, it went down. You know, their equity and equality are still the same. Like, that's like, they, they should be for everyone across the board. You can't, you can't discriminate like that. Um, so it's good to see that the British courts, uh, had changed that, right? Um, yay. That's another win for their side. I think, you know, maybe Justin should call the Queen and uh, (laughs) thank her once again. I'm not sure that she had anything to do with it. Uh, (laughs) He has her on speed dial. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Then let's go to, speaking of foreign lands, um, bring it closer to home. So we'd covered this like last year, I think it was maybe during the summer or something, or maybe late spring. And the US State Department had said under Trump uh, that children adopted from overseas uh, to same-sex couples could not be granted entry and let alone citizenship. You know, that was, I think it was a Canadian couple that that was really, that message was amplified from. And they were like, look, we're, we're a family just like anybody else. And of course, Biden administration, um, in one of the many, many cases where they have to go back and undo the damage of the past, they reversed it. So they are granting US citizenship to children of same-sex couples born abroad and that yay. <laughs> you know, we're still fighting to get. Across all 50 states, we're still fighting to get uh, rights for same-sex couples to adopt and not be discriminated against Mm -hmm. in that process. You know, this is one more case where we're moving in the right direction and our families are being taken seriously and we're not being treated like social pariahs. Mm -hmm. And it's about end time.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's just frustrating that we had to we 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 have to wait on pro, like on actual progress because this the last administration like pulled us back so far and like you know just made it their mission to destroy as much as many protections um as we had and now the Biden administration is just literally trying to fix the damage before they can even move on to like passing important leg- legislation that will actually move us forward um and give us equal protections Right. It's like constantly two steps forward, one step back, or even one step forward, two steps back.
0: It, and to be honest, it seems to be getting their desperation seems to be getting worse. Right. All these bits of legislation mm-hmm. that they keep passing or trying to
1: pass. And right. They know it's a losing battle. And they know that even if they're, if they pass this legislation, like it'll get overturned eventually, you know, like yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's just. Quick Those ideas are gain. not gonna last. Yep.
0: Yep. And how disgusting. Aren't aren't they ashamed?
1: Do they have shame? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> that's the sad thing. They sleep like babies at night.
0: Oh <sighs> wait, babies don't sleep at all at night. What does that even mean? Oh yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they just cry and poop themselves. Oh. Yeah. Right. No, that's right. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sleep
2: like a
0: log, that's the phrase I was looking for. Oh. A cut down dead tree. I mean, alright. Uh I'm not sure where <laughs> these these are going, but <laughs> um you know, I don't even know how many of these bills and laws we were talking about, it was like one every few days um that were being yeah. passed and rules changes and stuff under the um former administration. So that that's a heck of a lot. And this just underscores Again, how we need protections at a uh, constitutional level. Mm-hmm. You know, even Absolutely. the, if you have an act of some sort, say the ACA, right? Um, even those pro- provisions, individual provisions of the act can be called into question, litigated, put on hold, and we can be denied our rights until somebody else comes along and says, yeah, why are we doing that? No. And to do that over and over again is exhausting. I mean, we don't even have the Equal Rights Amendment passed, and it's been over a 100 years. That's obscene. Yeah. And no, maybe we just need to rewrite the Constitution, you know, to something that's a little bit more modern and actually includes all people as full citizens without having to add special amendments. Because, you know, when you're you're shooting for an amendment in 13 states— it's a heck of a lot easier than getting an amendment passed when you have 50 states or 51 now that D.C. is is moving towards statehood or possibly 52 if Puerto Rico goes that way. So, you know, the percentage of states that you need in order to even just nominate the thing and, and get it um, to the point where they've they can move forward on it is it's too high a threshold. Um, yeah, it just doesn't work in the modern era. And we see that. Right. We don't need stagnation. And just
1: the the way representation works in this country, too. Like, mm. each state gets an equal, you know, equal, equal uh, say in that, which is just not right. Uh, yeah. When New York and California have, have, like, several million more people than, you know, all, all the rest of the states and get the same amount of say. Because uh, that's where all the... Like left people are too, so yeah. Um, I wish that we could have better representation, more accurate representation, and that would move things along much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Because you know, even though there are so many states, like we w- we would get this passed in no time if it was people who actually represented the the makeup of the population of the United States. You the know, of the people. You know, people of the people. Right.
0: I, the the whole idea of states' rights. I know my brothers would totally um, be against me on this, but. I mean, the states aren't the uh, they aren't people. And if we're going to rep- be representing if we are of the people by the people, you know, it should be for the people. Um, mm-hmm. But the, but the states are getting this equal say and it just doesn't make um, doesn't make any sense. And then you get people like Mitch McConnell and they um, the Supreme Court just took up a case that's challenging abortion rights again. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't go anywhere. Um, you know, it would, they would be upholding Roe versus Wade. Uh, if two of the Supreme Court justices hadn't been, the, the nominations hadn't been blocked and or, um, fast tracked so that Trump could make them. And that's two out of nine, which yeah. is hugely significant. Um, and mm-hmm. so w- we'll see where it goes. And I, I haven't seen much chatter about it. Um, and when I post it up, <clears throat> you know, usually I get between 40 and 180, uh, re- responses, reactions to posts, depending on what it's about. This one got four and like people just, I don't know if they're burned out or they don't want to hear it or, or if they just can't really handle it and they don't want to, um, engage cause it's too painful, but we got to because this is these are your rights you know these are the rights of the people and yeah. it's it goes and it speaks to healthcare rights for everyone um the same thing with the the bills that you know promote religious freedom by taking away the the ability for some people to even find health care uh such as in arkansas and you know well you can't you can't go to the doctor because that doctor won't see you, but there's no other doctor around because it's rural county, and, um, and right. you're queer, uh, and they don't believe in you. So um, you have to have something life-threatening, and and people I don't think understand that who are in larger metropolitan areas how much of a desert healthcare desert most of the country is. You know, we don't here in Bloomington we have a couple of hospitals, and you can go to. Either one of them, and they have kind of different um, uh, specialties and and size. And, you know, IU, of course, is associated with a much larger network. Um, But And and IU has a clinic in Bedford. But then you get out into other counties, and there's, you know, you have to go to another county for a hospital. You have to, like, doctors, competent doctors, compassionate and accepting doctors Mm -hmm. aren't there. Um, so what do you do? You don't have the choice. And so this is like really very, very important. Um, and it wasn't actually the, the decision in Roe versus Wade was about privacy and you making the decision for your healthcare between you and your doctor and not having the state impose upon that. Um, it's just, it's just horror all the way around. And we, we can't bury our heads in the sand and we have to be yeah. intersectional about it. You know, if you're a gay man and you're like, I don't have to worry about abortion. Yeah, 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 you do. Because it's all related to everybody's related to everybody else. <laughs> um,
1: if abortion gets shut down, then a lot of pan- Planned Parenthoods are going to close. And with that goes HIV AIDS screenings and boom. STD screenings and sexual health, you know, like... In general, <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people, that's literally where they go to, get, you know, get all their medical help, you know, mm-hmm. and those clinics are going to disappear. They're going to well, start disappearing.
0: In some states, you have to drive hundreds of miles to get to a Planned Parenthood. Hundreds yeah. of miles. You know, like Texas and Oklahoma, I think. And yeah, I mean, those are, those are vital, uh, healthcare institutions and, to to have them shut down is is it's going to affect everyone. Uh the problems they had down what was it Vermillion County in southern Indiana um where they had the uh massive HIV outbreak. Mhm. You know, and it, it affects Gosh. us all people. Yep. So, yep. Hop on it and don't let that stuff ride. Um,
1: you know, it, yeah, it can feel kind of hopeless sometimes when it, it feels like the powers that be are just so far off from, reality. from representing us correctly and are so yeah detached from reality that it feels like there's not much we can do. But we just got to keep, I don't know, like being aware of these things and not letting them just happen yeah. behind closed doors and, you know, then be becoming complacent with the situation. So
0: hold on a second. I need to put something between here and there. Get comfy. Oh, the um, the cooling pad is uh, oh. sweating. And I'm worried that it will it. Uh, drown my poor little MacBook. <laughs> that wouldn't be fun. I mean, I do
1: have insurance. What it. frozen food do we have on the menu
0: tonight? <laughs> I upgraded from having to put like frozen pizzas under the pizza or the pizza under the computer <laughs> um new macbook pizza anyway <laughs> <laughs> it gets warm enough that you know it could do that uh to actually having um a nice flat mat one of those gel mats uh, oh nice that is exactly the footprint of the computer it's perfect um but i didn't have the usual go between so i threw a t-shirt under there oh <sighs> country this queers is...
1: make do yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> become my new favorite saying i can like for the longest time i mean all my friends and stuff would say like country girls make do and i was like what's the equivalent for me duh country queers yes it country
0: queers don't get enough
1: credit um i love country queers oh my god soft split is soft spot in my heart
0: it's just I, I didn't know they existed until I moved down here. I mm-hmm. I mean, I figured that everybody just moved to the cities, right? Uh, and I was like, oh my God. Wow. Oh, that's
1: a thing. You exist. Queer, uh, yeah. Gay cowboy culture. That's like, oh. that dates back. I mean, that's been around. So.
0: Okay. So, I mean, that I just figured it was like, that's redundant. Um, but-
1: <laughs> I count them as country queers too. <laughs> yeah. Queer cowboys, you know, all of it.
0: Queer cowboys. It just sounds like you're saying queer, queer or cowboy, cowboy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Cowboy on cowboy. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I've been sick. I'm delirious. Blame it on that. Um, it's about time for a music break.
3: I know you said you had a fragile heart Ooh. I never meant to break it all apart But I'm the bull and you're trying to shy I trip and fall and find it hard to stop. It's a delicate dance we were taking a chance. I've always had to let fate in love. I went and screwed it up. I'm clumsy with my
0: heart. Welcome back. Speaking of sore, Joe Rogan, who um, my ex actually used to terrorize our daughter uh, by making her listen to his podcasts, specifically anti queer uh episodes and i'm not exactly sure why anyway he you may have heard it already he had a little sad moment and let's just let's just play it because let him speak his truth because we don't want, certainly don't want him to to be silenced you can never be woke enough that's the problem it keeps going it keeps right. going
2: further and further and further down the line. And if you get that, to the point where you capitulate, where you agree to all these demands, it, it will eventually get to straight white men are not allowed to talk. Right. Because it's your privilege to express yourself when other people of color have been silenced throughout history. It, it will be, you're not allowed to go outside because so many people were imprisoned for so many years. I mean, I'm not joking. No, I, I know. I know. It really will get there. It's that crazy. You yeah. know, We just got to be nice to each other, man and th- there's a lot of people that are taking advantage of this weirdness in our culture and then that becomes their thing their thing is calling people out for their privilege calling people out for their position you know it's uh, so crazy times
3: yeah most
1: definitely you know, i he agree was- with him i don't i don't think straight white men should be allowed to talk <laughs> And you know what? Keep them inside too. They don't need to be outside. Let us have the outdoors and not be scared walking, walking around alone at night anymore. Right. Right. When have they shut up?
0: You know, Seriously. no offense to my straight white male family and friends. Um, I still love you. You are valid. I just want to let you know that. I I want to <laughs> let you know that I see you and I hear you. Now you can shut up. Some percent of the time I'm afraid of you and now you can shut up. Yes. Um, I mean it's your jaws have to hurt from all that talking. The tongue, like that's a muscle. Does that like does it feel like pulled, you know? <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to that joke, but not...
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was I was gonna just, you know, quickly move <laughs> on, but <laughs> oh. Oh but yeah, ask anyone who's not a straight white cis man. And they will tell you that these people do not ever stop talking, ever. Even when they have no perspective to be, you know, talking about the thing from.
0: Well, I I think, I think Rogan can actually, he can speak to the straight white male experience, right? Sure. And and he can voice his concerns about being silenced. The person who has a $100 million Spotify contract, The, the person who has... right. Who millions Average. of
1: people listen to his podcast every week.
0: Every week. And you hear it spat back at you. And then it's covered in the news because, you know, it's it's a new controversy or something. And yeah, he's being silenced. This is his uh burden as the straight white man. Really. But I've heard this. It, the reason I even am amplifying this is because I've been hearing this from a lot of the straight white guys that I know. They say that they feel that they're not going to be heard. They aren't heard. Um, they're losing their voice. And, you know, that, uh, statement that when you've been the oppressor this whole time, any equality, any equality seems like oppression, right? Yeah. Um, and that's exactly it. They're not used to it.
1: Yeah. These people don't know the meaning of the word silenced. They've never, like, they've never had any sort of experience to the extent of even, you know, cis white straight women do of being yeah. silenced. Like, come on.
0: It's um <sighs> just, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, I truly feel sorry. Uh, if you think that you are somehow in this, in this country, uh, at a loss for your rights as a straight white male, um, it's so tough for you. Yeah. And we've been canceled and <laughs> moving on. I mean, it's like rights
1: are not a limited resource. Mm-hmm. They don't have to lose their rights in order for us to gain rights. What we're trying to get them to realize is that the systems that are in place to oppress people oppress all of us.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Not Just the already marginalized people, all of us, including straight white cis men. And once they wake up to that fact and realize that the enemy is not us, the enemy are the, is the bigger systems at play that make life difficult and hard for everyone. Then we'll never, we'll never get to equality because there, we can't, we need, we need
0: everyone on our side, you know? Mm -hmm. We need to have each other's backs. The question is, who are we fighting against? That's that's another thing that I think we really need to examine. We're all in a fight for equality, but who is it that we're fighting, or what is it that we're fighting? Even what creates that system? There was a uh, somebody who posted some horrible stuff online, and in one of their pictures, they had a, a song that was playing on on their pickup truck, and they had the name of the guy, a uh, straight white guy, I think, was the name of the song. And so I went to look for it and listen to it. And it's a white rapper singing about how it's unfair being a straight white guy and having, you know, everybody blame you for everything. And he didn't do slavery and he didn't do, you know, the oppression. He, he's, he shouldn't be blamed for it. And I have heard that my whole life from, from straight white guys.
1: But they benefit from it. Absolutely. They're complicit in it.
0: And it limits them too. You know, um, yeah. they, they complain about well, midlife crises. My dad had a midlife crisis. My, you know, lots of people I know from especially the boomer generation and older had these midlife crises, right? And at least for my dad, and I know a few others, um, it was because the expectations that were placed upon men, uh, were unrealistic and, and they couldn't perform to that. But who put those pressures on them? Who, who created these? ideas of what masculinity and everything should be who demanded that they give up their passions and their interests and what they want in life in general you know that is exactly that's the same enemy folks Mm -hmm. Um, exactly not to mention that so many
1: like straight white men die early deaths from heart disease or suicide or any number of things caused from stress because they don't know how to express emotions at all. Like that's a huge issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, there are these systems of oppression, just like we talk about when we talk about uh, BLM and queer liberation and any liberation, they are systems. They're not individuals. They're not lone wolves. They're put into place and we perform to them. And that's, that's something that's on us. We can choose to do that or not. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit later about somebody that I got in touch with and they were struggling with that too.
1: Yep. None of us are free until all of us are free.
0: Absolutely. Period. I, I'm going to have a hard time with this next one. I, I'm going to just give an update for people going into it farther as speculation. And I don't, it hits a little too close to home. Michaela Miller. Uh, her death was ruled a suicide, even though it's absolutely horribly suspicious. Uh, the manner of her death, but her her mother and others are fighting for the truth. But the 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 officials have said, "Oh well, it was a suicide." Then um, you can read the details online. They're they're kind of horrific, but again, a young black lesbian. She was jumped by people. And less than 24 hours later, she was she was found dead. But you can't connect the two. And I want to say also, you know, I'm doing um, T door, compiling the lists and stuff. I've been doing that for years. The, the local T door, not not national. Last year at this time, we had about 15 names, 15 people, 15 lives lost, taken. And this year we have 35. Right, just of ne- as of now, uh, we still have half the year to go. And um, I read off 50 names last year. And in those names, I also include people who die by suicide because that's that's murder by society. It's not okay to skip over those deaths um, because they are every bit as important and violent as any of the others. So, not meaning to detract from that story, but but suicides are, are a part of the violence done against us and through the avenues that we've already talked about tonight. Um, speaking of, uh, at the end of last week, I guess it was Tennessee governor Bill Lee signed in anti-LGBT laws to pass this year. It's going to require businesses and public buildings to warn the cisgender people there that they, that the businesses serve transgender people. Like any other customer, that, that's a warning that you might want to take into consideration that this business might have a transgender person being served. Uh, the, the wording of the law is building a facility open to the general public that allows transgender people to access the bathroom to post a sign that reads, this facility has a policy of allowing the use of restrooms by either biological sex, regardless of the designation of the restroom. Just when you thought the bathroom bills were replaced, here they come back this is uh dehumanizing yeah factually incorrect i mean just on that basis it doesn't stand up and then of course you know they say both uh by either biological sex like what is uh either biological sex it doesn't that's not even a thing either the whole thing is just bunk and i'm sorry go ahead
1: yeah Oh, no, just they're they're treating us like we're some type of like violent criminal or like sex offender or something like we're just people. Mm -hmm. God, like I'm not scary. I promise, you know, like I don't.
0: (sighs) You're raising your voice. You're being aggressive.
1: Sorry. I'm sorry. I know that was scary. Probably. Oh, no, trans person's angry. (laughs) (laughs) please don't pee in my bathroom just don't pee in my bathroom i just want to go i don't know what parts you have
0: right (laughs) and some of us have both parts like what is the big deal yeah Um, come on now yeah and you know this is gonna hurt tennessee financially and they'll end up repealing it um because businesses don't want to work under those conditions because people in general are more sophisticated than that and they're not going to deal with it. Like the NCAA and a bunch of different corporations who, for better or worse, are siding with us. Some of them want to be included in, you know, Glad's top 100, but, but others are really tuned into how the world is turning and uh, the world is turning away from these people. The governor Lee also signed HB 529, which was a, a law requiring schools to notify parents if their sexual orientation or the gender expression of their children uh, was different from what it should be if it wasn't heterosexual and cisgender, which A, is is really subjective, and B, might be dangerous to the child whose parents aren't accepting. And we still have so many of those. That's so anyway, that's... Tennessee, just stay away. But the Alabama bill to force teachers to out trans youth and to ban access, uh, for, uh, trans kids like the Arkansas ban and so many others that tried to p- get passed, they fell through. So they didn't even get heard. Thank God. Um,
1: that's great. And that's
0: Goodness. Alabama. That's surprising. I know I'm kind of zipping through here a bit. Do you want to talk about Demi Lovato?
1: Sure. Just a fun little announcement, Demi Lovato, a person I've, I, that I grew up with watching on the Disney channel <laughs> has come out as non-binary and uses they, them pronouns, Woo. which is great for them. Yeah. Gosh, every new person, every new celebrity that comes out as non-binary and like starts using they, them pronouns, it feels so validating to me. Right. Like, they're like, you know, if anyone questions me, I can point to these famous people that everyone knows and loves and say, well, they use they, them pronouns. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a weirdo. These people are doing it too. You know, (laughs) like it's, it's so validating and yeah. And it's great that they're that, that like the entertainment industry is opening up for people to be able to do that. Now I see it mostly happening with people in music, but like, I hope that the that Hollywood and everything will follow suit because,
0: yeah, they um, they're falling second. But I think that I think Hollywood's opening up a lot more and a lot faster Yeah, than they were.
1: It's Right. Yeah. It's ha- it's happening in both in in. Yeah. In all of the entertainment industry. But it's it's always so cool to see.
0: I love it when I hear people say, why are these characters on these TV shows? Why are, why are singers coming out? Why does it even matter? Can't we just play music? You know? And, uh,
1: because a kid who is like me will be able to see these people on TV and say, Oh, that's what I am. And yes. no, from an early age, that's why representation is so important. You know? Uh huh. It, it makes you not feel like a weirdo literally
0: <laughs>
1: just i mean it's that simple i mean like
0: representation it- representation in entertainment in life in general i mean it's you know these people are, are singers and entertainers and whatever but they're still they're still people and they still have yeah. lives and like it or not tons of people follow them and what are they doing now and and you like there's a whole industry based on just how they're living their lives um yeah literally and so many people from every generation we have our celebrities and people look up to them uh again for better or worse and we emulate people who are energizing and or we find ourselves in them you know we're always looking for that we're always looking for uh, all humans are looking for some sort of connection you know and for for kids to be able to see this is incredible and i've heard from You know, several of the ones because my kids in high school and they're high school kids, and just to hear them talk about these people, just slightly older than themselves, that they they listen to every day and they they watch on shows. And even if the kids who are talking about it aren't queer themselves, they're still seeing it and they're still realizing that it's not something to be ashamed of, and that's really important. Absolutely. It's about time for another music break.
2: Tú eres mi calma, tú eres mi calma
0: to close out I wanted to talk about an interaction I had earlier in the week and I was contacted by a friend to see if I could talk to somebody I hadn't maybe even spoken to since grade school and she has a trans child and she was trying to you know get get as much information as she could and hear from people and you know she didn't really have anywhere to turn she lives in rural parts of of America You know, we talked for many hours and she asked me you know what, what what happened to you and i was like i left i i left home because that area was not okay it was very queerphobic it was very racist it was very bigoted in so many different ways and i didn't feel safe among anybody and of course my family wasn't going to accept me although a few came back but there wasn't anything for me there and it would just be easier to transition away from away from there and you know i was picked on at school because i mean they didn't know how i was queer but they knew it and they picked up on it and i was an easy target so i just didn't feel that there was any future for me and i couldn't tell anybody while i was there because like seriously nobody from my school we didn't have people who were out back then that was just not done and so we were talking about her child and we were talking about the hopes and fears. And she had so many fears. And she's trying to be the most supportive and best person she can. And I was just, you know, half crying the whole time, because I remember her from grade school. I I remember her seeing her occasionally in high school, too. And all that time had passed. And I had written all these people, you know, off to my past. And then she starts telling me stories about people and their kids. And when she told folks about her child transitioning and the support that all these people who were absolutely not supportive back in the day had become and then i i felt a little bit of shame for having written them off consigning them to the dustbin of history right but they had changed as much as i had changed really i mean they weren't the same people at all their personalities were the same for the most part they they were they liked the same music. They, that hadn't changed. But the way in which they interacted, that grade school, high school antagonism that was always there, that socially constructed anti all what I don't understand paradigm was gone. And they were more open and they were more caring and they had grown up. And yet my, my idea of them hadn't grown up. They were all still kids to me and they were all still cruel. And there was, you know, just this moment where I, I sat with my own shame because I could see going back and talking to these people and, and I realized how, um, unfair I had been judging and how just beautiful their acceptance had been. And not everybody was accepting, not even everybody in the family. Obviously that doesn't always happen, but people do change. So when I hear this is the way it is and this is the way it's always been, I really can't believe that anymore. I, I have to believe that people are capable of redemption. People are capable of being good even though they were once bad. And, um, and that time does heal. And I'm glad that this young trans person has a family and an extended family who are not just accepting, but absolutely so supportive and completely behind their child and working every day to help that child Become themselves and to be happy. And that's also something that we need to encourage and we need to elevate that message. And we need to tell it to each other because I still hear in Facebook land and in other forums, people are still afraid and they still feel the way that I had always felt. Nobody's going to accept me. These people have hated me and hate what I stand for and everything that I am. They won't change. They won't come around. But this was just an example that kind of hit me this week that people do. You don't have to be around them. You don't have to force yourself to uh, undergo their scrutiny while they are growing. But you don't necessarily have to write all of your loved ones off. So that's all I really had, I think, that fits. Sorry, sharing
1: that. That's so heartwarming.
0: <laughs> it, it It felt really good.
1: I love that. That's so good to hear. And... Just makes me feel hopeful.
0: I hope so. We we report on so much that's uh, negative, and and there's so much room for hope. Oh, and speaking of hope, huh? I almost forgot. Really quick, uh, next week we're going to have some people from this, and I I hadn't heard of it before. The Greenwood, Indiana Pride. I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently, some people did because they started it, and they are going to have. It's a pride block party is what they're calling it. And it's going to be at, cool. uh, yeah, it's going to be on the 5th of June. So coming up really quickly. Uh, but it's from 12 to 5 p.m. We'll get more of the details and everything from them, uh, next week. So put that one on your calendars. Cause that's one of those in-person things. Uh, and as far as Ooh. I know, that's the earliest pride this year. So yeah yeah shout out to the greenwood gays <laughs> amen so we'll get to talk to some people and uh and i'm excited because greenwood they've suffered too from a bad reputation and here they are redeeming themselves see it's all about redemption oh but we're out of time
1: what a great narrative arc for this episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> i have a you know it just kind of keeps popping up and i'm not sure why Uh, Redemption, maybe that's the theme of 2021. (laughs) We need to redeem for 2020. I like it. And the rest of the years. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Kate Young. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm
0: Ireland Neucham. I'm Melanie Davis. And remember, if everything were straight, the leather industry would really take a hit. The vegan leather industry would certainly take a hit. <laughs> Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, stop the hate. Wear your masks, get your shots, and good night from your blooming out family.